Beautiful. All glory to God. All glory to God. So let everybody get settled. All right. You guys ready to get started? We're on part six of a series entitled what? What's our series entitled? It's a battle. Everybody say, it's a battle. We're on part six. Let me make some announcements briefly, then we'll pray. So we're working on our, um, we're going to announce this a couple more times, and then we're just going to let you uh, get it digitally or on the bulletin, but we're working on our, um, our directory. So we want to be able to get in touch with everyone. We love you, Derek. So if you would scan the QR code on the pew in front of you and give us your information, we need it. We need to make sure we have all of your information so pastors can contact you the office can contact you we just want to be up to date um also if you're going on the men's retreat at the end of this month it's time to pay your for your hotel room so mario you want to just wave your hand if you'll see mario caliguri he will help you with that he'll get you those details it's time to take care of that also grief share glenda jenkins i don't see her but i see angela leger if you'll wave your hand if you've lost a loved one um ask angela about grief share we're doing they're going to be doing a series entitled surviving the holidays so um, ask her about that if you're walking through the holidays having lost someone and then also for everyone on october the 14th i believe that is our chili cook-off. Frank Romero was the winner last year. He's got to bring the trophy. Stand up, Frank. If let us give you a hand. He's in the he's in the security room. He was the winner last year, so it's time for him to pass the baton to who's who's won before. If you've won, Sharon's won. Frank has won. I know Janet Parker won. Kathy won. All right. So you submit. I thought I thought Mike Ramsey won twice. Oh, you got second place? You should, Sharon's won twice. Awesome. So um, you can submit your chili. Your chili has to be here by 545 on Saturday the 14th. If you don't want to enter the chili cook-off, but you want to taste the chili, then bring sides. We do have sign-up sheets on the, on the liaison desk. But also we're trying to do sign-ups digitally. So I'm not sure if we have that. We don't have that set up yet. So you can just uh, let Sherry Reether know what you want to bring. We're going to have a cakewalk, so we need a lot of desserts. We need side items for chili. It's going to be a blast. It'll be downstairs in the Life Center. Natalie Edwards is heading it up, and uh, it starts at 6 o'clock. So great fellowship. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so let's pray, and then I'll get started. Father, I thank you so much for your word that you have given me. And I ask, Lord, that, that you continue the work that you have started. You gave it to me, but I need you to get it out. And I ask that you would let my mind be clear. Let my words match your words. Let the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. Speak to my heart and then help me to articulate it to your people so you can speak to their hearts. I pray for every person that is under the sound of my voice that you would open their hearts to receive what you have to say to them tonight. Do the work that only you can do for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, how about you say, Father, stir my heart, speak to me, and let it change me for your name's sake in Jesus' name. 
All right, so Matthew chapter 24, I'm going to read 14 verses briefly, and then I'll um, get started. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Look to your friend and say, take heed and don't let anybody deceive you. Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that you are not troubled. Now look to your other friend and say, don't be troubled. See that you are not troubled, for all must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines pestilences and earthquakes in various places all these are the beginning of sorrows then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake and then many will be offended will betray one another and will hate one another then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many and because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold but he who endures to the end shall be saved and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Thank you for being patient. It seemed 14 verses seems long when you're, um, when you're reading from the pulpit. But I needed to lay that foundation for you. So this is part six of a series entitled, It's a Battle. We're talking about real struggles for followers of Jesus Christ in the 21st century. All right, you were designed and created by God to live for him at this time. Okay, he put you here in the 21st century for a reason and he equipped you with what you would need. So he didn't make a mistake, but just know that it is not easy to live for God in the 21st century. How many of you didn't know that you needed me to tell you that? It's hard. It's not easy, is it, Derek, to live for God in the 21st century? So um, this is a series. I don't know how long it'll go, but we're going to talk about real struggles. We're going to be raw. I think we've been pretty real and pretty raw. We're going to dig deep, and we're going to talk about the issues that we face on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays uh, when we're not surrounded by other men and women of God. So... Uh, part one was battle of the wills, God's will versus your will. Part two was living in the world versus living for the world. Part three was the struggle to rely on God, to adhere to God, and to wait on God. How many of you struggle with that? Woo. Part four was the struggle between authority and responsibility. Part five last week was the struggle with being the minority. 
So tonight's topic, I will admit, when the Lord gave me It's a Battle, the, the series, I pulled my phone out and I just started listing battles. I just, I mean, they just started coming to me and I just had line item after line item of battles. And tonight's message was not, I'll tell you, it was not in that original list that God gave me. In fact, tonight's message, I was not even intending on teaching this tonight. But yesterday, as I was sitting close to where my mom is sitting in the sanctuary praying, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and he dropped something in my spirit so clear. How many of you have heard the voice of the Lord, not an audible voice, but he spoke to you so clear that you knew, I just heard from the Lord. I knew I had just heard from the Lord, and he, he just simply spoke two words to me. And when he spoke those two words to me, it grabbed my attention. It grabbed me good. And he spoke this, wax cold. Wax cold. And I said, Lord, I know I've just heard from you. So I pulled up the Bible app on my phone and I looked up the scripture of wax cold. And it is actually in the King James Version inside the text that I just read to you. So as I heard him say wax cold, I saw a picture in my mind of comfortable Christians whose hearts have waxed cold. It hit me so strong that I grabbed this right here that happened to be sitting right here and I picked it up, and the, the Lord just started speaking to me, and I started taking notes, and I knew that anything else I was planning for today had to be put on the back burner because I was hearing from God for this house for this hour. So I want to talk to you about a very real struggle, a very real struggle of living for God in this day and age. I'm going to read a few things that came to my mind today. I know we had an emergency broadcast alert today, and I heard that it had people feeling uneasy. We don't know what tomorrow holds. They say artificial intelligence is accelerating exponentially every 12 hours, and even the inventors of AI are issuing out warnings about the acceleration of this artificial intelligence. Russia was supposedly preparing their citizens for a nuclear attack this week. The House of Representatives made American history yesterday. There have been 8,955 earthquakes in 2023 with a 4.0 magnitude or more causing over 62,000 deaths just in these 10 months. And tens of thousands of children are unaccounted for as I speak. And when I say tens of thousands, that's conservative. It's probably closer to 200,000 unaccounted for children. Let me read that again. This is the time you're living in, okay? Russia preparing their citizens for a nuclear attack. House of Representatives making history. 8,955 earthquakes in 2023. Artificial intelligence accelerating exponentially. Tens of thousands of children unaccounted for. But that's not the struggle that the Lord told me to talk about tonight. 
Jesus clearly told us to expect all of this. I'm going to make the list of what I just read. What I just read were Jesus' words, and this is the list. He said it. He listed it out like this. Many are going to be deceived by many who will claim to be Christ. Wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation. Kingdom will rise against kingdom. There will be famines. There will be pestilences. There will be earthquakes. Disciples, he was speaking to his disciples. He said, disciples, you will be delivered up to tribulation and you will be killed and you will be hated by all nations for my sake. And many are going to be offended and many are going to betray one another and will hate one another and many false prophets will rise up and deceive many people. That's the list, but that's not what the Lord put on my heart yesterday. He put on my heart the last thing, one of the last things that he listed. How many of you would raise your hand to say wars are scary to think about? Yeah. How many of you would raise your hand to say earthquakes are scary to think about? I mean, I'm not in a big hurry to go to California. Brother Frank, I want to tell you, this church family is praying for you. He lost his mother yesterday. He may be heading back uh, to California, but I appreciate the Lord sending you there just a few weeks ago to spend time with your mother. His grace is so good. So we're praying for you, Brother Frank, and we are with you. We know it's not easy to bury a parent. So earthquakes are scary. If you're storing up food for famine, don't raise your hand because you don't want anybody to know. You don't want them to come to you when they run out of food. Diseases are scary, right? So all these things, who, who's standing in line to hurry up and be betrayed? Who's standing in line to, to hurry up and be persecuted? Nobody. False prophets. I don't think we're very scared of you guys being deceived by false prophets, but... It has caused us to be selective as to who we listen to. Be selective as to who you listen to. In case you weren't, be selective as to who you listen to. But none of those are the real struggle that the Lord put on my heart to talk about tonight. And those are struggles. Living in the midst of war, living in the midst of famine, living in the midst of persecution, living in the midst of of all this trouble is not the biggest struggle that I feel the Lord gave me for his church, okay? I want to remind you that this series is written, I feel like, so far, as are most Wednesday nights. I'll just kind of let you in on that. It's written to saved people. This is not an evangelistic message. This is a message to saved people, saved people that claim to be saved Christians, if you, if you claim to be a saved Christian, then I have a word for you from the Lord, and we're going to talk about a real struggle that you need to stay alert, sober, and vigilant regarding. And here it is, Brother Bill. Oh, I, brother, I, I just was thinking, Brother Bill. Miss Casey, we're going to go in the King, the, the King James Version, Matthew 24 and 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Read that with me. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many 
will wax cold, shall wax cold. How many of you believe that we are living in the end times? This is not a sermon on eschatology. We're not here to talk about tonight when we think Jesus is coming back. But I think we all do understand that we are living in the end times. We are living in those days that Jesus was referring to in this passage. So let me give you a visual. The love of many shall wax cold. So... As I could see Christians, saved Christians, sitting on a pew when the Lord spoke. And remember, I was here. I was praying. And I just, I wasn't thinking about the scripture. I'm not reading in the book of Matthew right now. I just heard him speak to me, wax cold. I want you to look into this. Because my people are in danger of, of saying I'm saved and sitting on a pew and waxing cold because of the abundance of iniquity. How many of you would agree that iniquity is abounding right now? Yes, even now, the Catholic Pope, Catholics have been very strong, standing strongly against homosexuality, but now the Catholic Pope is saying that they will, um, they will honor gay marriage. So the iniquity is not just in the world, the iniquity is creeping in to the church. So let me show you this real quick. All right. I remembered to have Jeremy Dan. Thank you, Jeremy Dan, for helping me. I remembered to have him set this up so I could, could do this. So I saw this um, wax melter in my mind, and what we have is we have wax here, and it's hot, okay? So the wax, if you're taking notes, the wax is your love. If you want to write that down, Okay. The wax here is your love because the love of many shall wax cold. So right now, this wax is melted. Why is it melted? Because it is in a vessel that is near the light. All right? We just came out of a series that was called Let There Be Light. And we established, for those that didn't know, that Jesus is the light of the world. And there is no darkness in him. So I don't have to take the time to explain what the light bulb is in this. It's Jesus, right? So the wax, the love, as long as your love is in a vessel that is close to the light then you won't, your love won't wax cold. Father, I pray that you would help me get this out like you spoke to me in Jesus' name. Deuteronomy 6 and 5 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all, everybody say all, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, okay? So your love, represented by the hot wax right here, all, all your heart. Like, he wants all the capacity. Let me, let me take you now to Matthew 22, 37, and 38. Jesus emphasized this. He doubled down on this 
in right here, Jesus said to somebody asking, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Keep going. This is, everybody say, the first and the greatest commandment. Okay? So he, he, he has earned, but he also demands your love. Okay? So as long as your love is in a vessel that is close to the light, then you don't have to fear what Jesus said, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of, he doesn't say the love of a few, the love of, what's the next word he uses? Okay, so if, if um, let me have all this front row just stand, just this front row. All right, in this audience, is that considered many? No, now let me have this row stand. In this audience, is that considered many? No. All right, let me have this whole section stand. Uh-oh. Now we're kind of starting to look like, and many, many. That means you're going to rub shoulders with a lot of people whose love, Jesus said, and many shall wax cold. Okay? Now, we're going to learn in a minute. You can be seated. He's not talking to the world He's talking to his disciples, okay? And I'll show you that in just a little bit. All right, so here's the problem. Let me look at my notes real quick. As long as the love is in a vessel that is close to the light, it is pourable. Everybody say pourable. Horrible. It is moldable. Okay? So as long as your love is close to the light, it is, what are the two things I said? Pourable, moldable, and everybody say hot. Okay? Pourable, moldable, and hot. Now, I'm not touching this. I'm not going to touch it because it's hot. But what happens when you get in a vessel that carries your love away from the light? Now, let me tell you, it's not immediate because this right here is still hot. It's still pourable and it's still moldable, but it is all ready right now starting to set in its ways. The, the only difference here, the only difference here is distance to the light. All right? So when you pour your love, we have to be really, really careful because iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold because what happens is the iniquity gets your attention and you start loving a little bit. And without realizing, you pour your love into something that just begins to get you away 
from the light. Now, iniquity there means this, because that word is lawlessness. Everybody say lawlessness. Lawlessness. Because lawlessness abounds, the love of many will wax cold. Now, I don't know how to articulate this. I couldn't even write it down. So I'm, I'm just going to try to share with you the way the Lord showed it to me. He said the first and greatest commandment is back in Matthew, Casey, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So this light is God because God is light, okay? So you shall love him. And then it goes uh, to the next one. Let's go. Yep. And I'll go to 39. And the second is like it. You shall, there's that word again, say love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. So then next verse, he says, on these two commandments, everything hangs. The law. You see that? The law hangs on love where your love is. When your love belongs to God and you put it in a vessel that is close to God, love is inside your body, inside your heart. It is supposed to stay close to to God because if you put your love in somebody or something that pulls you away look at already the difference you'll wax cold so father help me the law the law right there on these two commandments. Where's your love? When your love is given to God, then it is hot, it is pourable, and it is moldable. Okay, now let's go back, Casey, to the uh, wax cold. And because lawlessness abounds, lovelessness, because lawlessness, because everything hangs on loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So when you pour your love into things that don't obey the first commandment, are you following me? You wax cold. If you put your love into something that is not hanging on that first commandment, then it's not law, it's lawlessness right and the love of many will be removed from god with all their heart soul mind and strength jesus said this to the church everybody say church, church. revelation 3 14 and 15. I want you to know I didn't ask for this. I didn't try to make this sermon up. The way he gave it to me, I was really hesitant to even try to put it together because I don't want it to go over anybody's head. I'm not trying to put a series together. I'm not trying to put a sermon together. I'm trying to get inside your heart and stir that baby up before it waxes cold. Sitting on a pew. Amen. 
So this is written to a church. Casey, we're going to go Revelation 3, 14 through 16. All right. And to the angel of the, everybody say the next word, church. So you can say to your friend, that's you. You're in the church right now. To the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write this. Jesus is saying, tell that church, the faithful and true witness, keep going, 15. Tell that church. Now look. Look at yourself in the 21st century with what Jesus said. He said, I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. Keep going. But because you're waxing cold, you're not completely cold. Like this is, this is warm. But it's not hot and it's not pourable. And it's not moldable. Because you're neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. He's speaking to church, a church, church people. What does he mean by I'll vomit you out of my mouth? He's not speaking to the world. He's speaking to the church in the end. What's the church made up of? It is not the temperature of this building, just so you'll know. He's not saying, be sure to get the temperature either cold or hot, although I think we take that literal because it's always cold in here. <laughs> He's not speaking about the temperature in this building. He's speaking about the temperature of your heart. He's speaking about the temperature of your love. Like right now, let me ask you, how hot is your love for him right now before the altar call, before the rest of this sermon? How hot is your love right now? How hot was your love when you walked in this building tonight? And don't say, well, I'm here, aren't I? Because I'll say, well, they're in church, are they not? So just you being here is not saying anything. If anything, it's setting you up to listen to what he's speaking right there. So the church is made up of people with hearts, with love. So he's, re he's referring to the temperature of your heart. So this struggle I'm talking about tonight, I haven't given you the title for part six, is the struggle with living in the end time. This is the struggle that you're going to have to pay attention to with living in the end time. It's not famine. It's not persecution. It's not earthquakes. It's not war. It's your love waxing cold. It's the most likely battle we'll lose if we don't pay attention. Here's what I saw when the Lord spoke to me. I saw people going through the motions. I saw people feeling so good about their quote-unquote salvation, yet they didn't realize that they've just, over time, poured their love into vessels that carried them away just a little at a time from God. As long as your love is in a vessel that's close to the light, it will remain hot. John chapter 15 says, abide in me. 
abide in me. Because if you get too far away from me, you can't help it. Your love, if you get too far away from me, your love's going to get cold. You can't stop it. He said, I want you to live there. I want you to dwell there all the time. Let me consume your life. John said this in 1 John 2 and 15. He says, straight preaching. And maybe in the 80s they didn't feel like they needed it this straight. Somehow we let the love of the church wax cold. But John preached it really straight. Let me remind you, John is the one that saw something that none of us have seen yet. He said, do not love the world. Ah, what am I saying? If you pour your love into something in the world, it is going to take you too far away from the light. And you'll sit on a pew Sunday and Wednesday after Sunday and Wednesday, waxed cold. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Ah, what is all of this? Thing in the world. Thing in the world. Thing in the world. He said, don't love it. Why? Because the the love of the Father is not in this. And when you pour your love in this, you're too far away from the Father. Let me read it. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. He said, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming with opportunity after opportunity after opportunity for you to pour your love into. And understand, this is not going to look like dark, evil, ugly things. My point. What did I say first? Hot. Now it's just warm. And what did I say? Well, actually, first I said pourable, right? All right. Here we go. This is what happens when your love waxes cold. You are no longer pourable. If we don't let Christ consume our lives... And we pour our love into a vessel that takes us away from the light. Our love waxes cold. And before you know it, I'm going to read it like the Lord gave it to me. Before you know it, your love will begin to harden. And it will stop being pourable. You don't have to go there, Casey, but Psalms 119, 171 says, My lips pour out praise pours it out on the only one worthy of it and you'll stop praising you'll find something else worthy and you won't even realize it and next thing you know you just don't have anything pouring out 
you'll come into the presence of God and you'll never be broken. You'll never be broken because there's nothing pouring. Your love has gotten hard and you're just going through the motions and you don't even realize it anymore. And everybody else is, uh, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath. And you're just like going through the motions. There's nothing to pour. Because you're too far from the light. You've got your love in a vessel that's leading you away from the light. So you won't be able to pour. You won't, you won't even have the interest of pouring out on God. Let me ask you, how long has it been since you have been broken in his presence and tears poured and your heart poured out love to him? If you feel like there's a wall, I, I, I can tell you so many people that come to this place and, and they get right here and there's like, there's this wall I can't break through. I'll tell you what it is. Your love is hard. It's not pouring. And inside you want it to pour out, but you've poured your love into a vessel that's too far away from the light. And you get into the presence of God and there's nothing hot. It's just complacency. And so there's nothing pouring out of you. If you don't watch it, you'll revert to what Jesus called vain, repetitious prayer. Because there's nothing pouring out of your experience. Because your love is cold. All right? So you won't be able to pour out to God. You know what else? You won't be able to pour out to others. And I'm going to tell you, we will not be this church, but you won't care about whoever is sitting on the pew next to you. You won't even care. You don't care about them. You'll walk by people day after day, and you don't care. Why? Because your love is waxed cold, and you don't have anything to pour into them. And then you won't pour into your children, and you won't even realize it. You won't even realize that opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And you're not pouring into your children because you've got all your love in a vessel that's too far away from the light. And somebody's going to pour into your children. You think that I beat that dead horse. But I'm telling you, your children get eight hours in a secular antichrist school every day and if you if you let one day go by that you don't pour into your children they're getting something poured into them and let me tell you they're not just learning two plus two is four in fact they don't even learn how to write cursive anymore what are they learning you need to ask you need to be so present in that school Next thing you know, you don't pour manners into your children. You don't pour respect into your children. You don't pour boundaries into your children. You don't pour stewardship in your, into your children because you're cold. You don't have anything to pour. So you don't pour it into the lost. And this is what the Lord spoke to me today. Let me get this. I don't want to get too far away from my notes. I don't want to get too far away from the light. Let me just put my notes right here. Okay, this is what the Lord told me. If you, get, if you put your love in, in vessels that carry you away from the light, you'll find yourself unable to pour love out on others. You'll be selfish. You'll be self-centered. You'll be full of apathy. 
And then you will find yourself no longer moldable. No longer moldable, okay? Now, no, this is hard to see. I cannot get this to fit and mold into, I'm sorry, Matt. He's going to he's gonna have to clean up. Into this lid. Okay? I think I have a little bit left. When it's hot, I, I used it all. When it's hot, it'll go right into the lid. It'll take on whatever form it needs to take on. But when you're cold, listen what the Lord told me. This is synonyms for moldable. Think about this. When you're moldable, you're adaptable. You're malleable. You're shapeable. Think about this spiritually. You're shapeable. You're flexible. You're pliable. You're yielding. You're giving. You're bendable. You're resilient and you're workable. But when you let your love get too far away from the light, then you're no longer adaptable. You're no longer malleable. You're no longer shapeable. You're no longer flexible or pliable. You no longer yield to the presence of God. You're no longer giving because you have nothing to give. You're no longer bendable. You're no longer resilient and workable. And so God just has to do all the changing because you're not. And it's really possible that a name on this little cup could be called religion. And if God shows up in a form that doesn't fit your way of thinking, then you miss him, just like the Pharisees did. If everything has to be your way, or you can't be touched by the presence of God, your love is, it's, you're already cold. Here's what he showed me. Everything has to, somebody whose love is waxed cold, everything has to fit into their mold or they can't work with it. Jesus and the Pharisees. He didn't fit in their mold. They killed him. Sadducees actually killed him. And then you show up Sunday for, I'm speaking to the Wednesday crowd, speaking to someone live stream. You show up Wednesday for like a short amount of time and then you leave. It didn't melt your heart. It wasn't enough time to melt your heart. Or you show up, but you just wanted to like be in the presence of the light, but don't melt me. Don't melt me. Don't make me melt in front of everybody. Don't make me melt in front of everybody, God. Don't do me like that. Don't deal with me. I can't. God, I can't right now. And he's like, you won't ever. I can't ever get you to melt. I can't ever get you. You get so used to Sunday and Wednesday, a little bit of time, and then going right back into your unshapeable self that this just becomes the the life you're comfortable with. And if God doesn't move in the three minutes that you're at the altar, then you walk away and say, hmm, I guess he didn't have any more for me. And if God doesn't baptize you in the Holy Spirit in the 30 seconds you were at the altar, then you say, hmm, that's for everybody but me.
He says, you got to love me with all your heart. No reservations, no hesitations, nothing else saved for anybody else. This is what I see. I see the Lord showing up like Forrest Gump on the bus. And he's coming to sit and you're saying, seat's taken. And he's like, there's nobody there. No, but somebody else is coming. And they're not everything I need them to be right now. They're not everything that I, they're not here with me when I need them, but it's still reserved for them. I've already given my love to a vessel that pulled me away from you. And, and this part of my heart is just taken. Or he walks into a restaurant. You walk into a restaurant and you're like, table for two, please. And they say, it's going to be an hour and a half. And you're like, there's like a bunch of tables over there. Well, they're reserved for somebody else, not you. And God shows up to your heart and he says, I'm trying to set a table for you. And you're like, I don't have any space because it's reserved for work and play and friends and this and this. And I don't have an open, I don't have any availability. If he won't conform to your schedule, then you miss him. Dave, if you'll come. So you don't stay long enough in his presence to let him warm you back up. But here's good news. If you'll just get in his presence and if you'll pour your love back on him and you'll let it sit there and you'll, you'll stay close to him. He will take you from being uncaring to caring, untouchable, and claiming to be touched into truly touchable. Unreachable, claiming to be reached, that's dangerous. He'll turn you into reachable. Immovable, claiming to have already been moved. So you came to Jesus, poured your love on him, and you said, after that, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. And the problem is you got hard too far away from him. And you're right. You shall not be. You shall not be moved. But if you'll get in his presence and pour your love back into him, let him take that immovable heart, that unpliable heart, and let him move it. Let him move you like my husband preached last week. Let him move you. If you want to know if your heart is cold or not, how long has it been since you were moved? No matter how hard we preach it, no matter how hard we reach, no matter how much time we pour into these people, they're unfazed. Jesus warned us in Revelation 2, verse 1. Let me close it all up with this. He's speaking to the church again, Revelation 2 and 1. To the angel. Of the church of Ephesus write this. These things, says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand. This is Jesus who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. All right. Look, now let's, let's look at Jesus speaking here and compare it to what Jesus said in Matthew 24. He said, I know your works, church people. Okay. Church people, I know your works. I know your labor. I know you're coming and you're showing up and you're faithful and I know your patience and I know you can't stand false prophets. I know you've tested those who claim to be apostles and they're really not. 
I know you've persevered. You just show up week after week after week. And I know you have patience. And you've labored for my name's sake. And you haven't become weary. Sounds pretty perfect, right? He said, but I have this against you. You left your first love. You left your first love. Where'd you put it? Where'd your love go? If you left your first love, where did it go? You gave it to something else. You gave it to somebody else. Or you gave it to a bunch of other things. And you're playing the part. And you hate evil. And you hate false prophets. But you're not pliable in my presence anymore. You're not shapeable by me. You're not hot. I can't do anything with that. I wish. Keep going. He says, remember. Remember how far. Far. Right? Is that what we're talking about? You pour your love into a vessel that he says it right here. He's speaking to the church. You pour your love into a vessel that has, that has gone far from. Remember how far you've fallen. Repent. Repent. And do your first works over again. And get yourself back in my presence and pour your love back on into a vessel that is abiding in me and be super particular about the vessels you pour your love into after this he said otherwise I'm going to come to you quickly and I'll remove your lampstand from you that means I'm going to take your light away from you because you were so hard. You didn't have any, anything to pour out on anybody anyway. I'm, I'm going to take it from you unless there's hope. There's hope. Everybody say there's hope. Unless you repent. None of this. We reiterate over and over again. None of that is to the world. None of that is to the world. Every bit of that is to the church. And the biggest struggle we have in the end time is not figuring out when he's coming back. And it's not the earthquakes. And it's not the wars. And it's not the pestilence. And it's not the famine. It's the waxing cold. It's pouring our love in all the opportunities. Stand to your feet if you will. You have a, you have a song? Thank you, sir. So I'm going to ask you right now, we've got one good minute, 60 good seconds. The goal is for this to go home with you. But as Sarah and Davey sing, I want to ask you if you would just right now take your love and carry it to the light and pour it out and repent. It's okay. It's okay. He loves us enough to show us what we've done. He says, repent. It's not too late. Hey, good news. I don't care what other people say. Jesus hasn't already come back. It's not too late. You can repent right now. You can bring those works back to him, and you can repent. He says, go back to your first love. So, Sarah, Davey, the altars are open if you want to come. The altars are open if you want to come. I don't want anything. 
no judgment, there's no shame, All there's no condemnation. The things of God I wanted don't come close to knowing. Come on, pour your love out on him. Pour your love out on him. Now that I'm yours and you are We're never too mine. saved for this. We'll never be too saved Our for this message. Come on, if you're already hot, pray it for us as a church. Passion for heaven in the pleasure of Father, set us on fire for you. Melt our hearts. We gotta be hot for you. We're coming back to our first love.
Chalala. Yeah. 